Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. It was 1983, November 18th, when a movie came out that changed almost everything about Christmas in the U.S. It was called A Christmas Story. Any of you remember that? The story of little, you'll shoot your eye out. It's the story of little Ralphie who had a great desire, one desire in all of his life, and that was to have a Red River, Red Rider BB gun. Now, I was a senior in high school, but I related to that story so much because most of my life had been lived around the thought of procuring my own Red Rider BB gun. Even today, I still have one, and it sits near the fireplace. And it just so happens that I'm still a very good shot with it. So don't be coming around my house after midnight. Anyway, but it's filled with memories that sort of represent a lot of Americana, wouldn't you say? You know, the the desire for a gift, wintertime, festivities, turkeys, bad presents from weird ants and so forth. And every one of us can relate to that story in some way, maybe not completely, but we we realize that this time of year is so special. I don't know about you, but it seems every year, it seems harder to get people to say Merry Christmas. Can anyone say amen to that? Or just say Merry Christmas, okay? I don't know about... 15 years ago, I noticed a decline, and so I started making it a big deal every year, wherever I go, I say Merry Christmas to everybody all the time. And if I feel that the person may not say Merry Christmas, I'll slip them a big tip. So I'm just thinking, i got to get it out of them. But this year was extremely interesting to me, is because a lot of folks, you go places, most people will just say, Merry Christmas back. But I had a few unique responses this week. I went to pick up something at a coffee shop for my brother. And as I was going up to the register, I looked at the person behind there and I said, Merry Christmas. And I never had this response before. But they gave me a thank you. Oh, okay. Uh, You're welcome. And uh, so I I wasn't able to give a tip with the card for some reason with the... um, uh, the way that they had their set up. So I said, well, let me run outside. So I ran outside and I got a 10 and I looked at the person and I slid them a 10. I said their name and I said, Merry Christmas. And all I got was, thank you. So later on, I got striking out. I didn't know why. Went to another place, chatted it up with the guy that was serving me, working with me. And, and uh, so I looked at him and I said, Merry Christmas. Thank you. And it happened again at the register. And I wonder what's going on. I wonder if Christmas somehow is becoming offensive to some. Because the truth is, if someone said to me, Happy Kwanzaa, I would go, Happy Kwanzaa. 
Happy Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. I don't care because it's a blessing from the culture. It's saying, my, our blessings to you for this special time of year. You see, we all have a story connected to Christmas. We remember those early days as a kid. Now, I'm, I'm reminded that not everybody had a great Christmas as a child. But within the Christmas season, there is a lot of joy to be had isn't there? That desire for something, that, that idea that this year could be the great year that something happens. I mean, a question for just men. Have you gotten all of your shopping done yet? You want to raise your hand? There's a few of you. Steve, I know that you're still out there. A lot of, it's, it's a lot of a last minute group of things, but when you buy something for someone, you're excited about it, and you hope that there is some type of story that is weaved into the fabric of that person's life, which takes us back to one of the most famous stories of all. We've been reading about it and singing about it all night, as we do every year, as it is appropriate every year, and I'm so thankful to God that we have the, the ability to have a party about the greatest gift that was ever given. There are some interesting characters in this. You have a young couple, okay, very young, who's pregnant, don't have much money, and they're traveling. And so many of us who had kids when we were younger, now all of my kids are older, but it's, it's sort of like when you start out, when you first get married, there's not a lot of money around, right? There's not just much, so you're pretty happy with almost anything. But there they were. And Christ came to a very humble mom and to a very humble father on the earth. There's another group of characters who showed up. There were shepherds. And when we think of shepherds, we think of something great, you know? But in those days, shepherds didn't have a great reputation. They, they traveled from town to town, and, you know, sometimes things went missing after they left town. <laughs> and so they didn't necessarily have this high esteem that we would place them on now and put them on stage with a manger and so forth. No, they were just very common, ordinary people that it would be easy to just pass them by. Mary and Joseph, nobody famous. There was, you know, they probably had less than a hundred followers on Instagram, I'm guessing. <laughs> maybe that may be an acronym, I don't know. But <clears throat> the truth is that they were very common, very normal people. Then you had angels involved. This is where it gets kind of tricky and kind of exciting. Because God came to human to the human race. And he came, and, you know, not as some conquering victor, though he plans on it. He came as a simple, humble, completely vulnerable human being. A human being. Babies are interesting. I don't know if you've studied much about babies, but the, it's interesting that the human child spends the early development of his life very, in a very vulnerable state. If small children are left alone, they will be harmed or even perish. 
A lot of other animals come out of the womb immediately. Horses stand up and begin to run. So many of the other animals are so ready, but their brains are so small. All of the time that is developed within a baby's life, the early on, early months, most of all of the calories that are burned are burned building that brain, building that noggin. And God came as a very vulnerable human being, a part of his creation, to come and to say to the whole world that you're all welcome. I came for every one of you. I came for the babies. I came for the poor. I came for the disaffected. I came for every human being alive. And that is the real joy of Christmas. I mean, sure, Santa Claus is great. You know, some years he hits it pretty good with the gifts, right? Other years, eh, not so much. But that's not the real reason. The real reason is that there was an event where heaven and earth conspired together with God and something amazing took place. Not only were there simple people there, simple people a part of the plot, but there was also angels, as I mentioned before. When we think of angels, we, we think of these little things that are half naked, with a pretty good-sized belly, shooting arrows at people and stuff, you know. Uh, that's not really the picture that we have. These angels were creations of God who had been designed by him to worship him and to do his will in perfection in heaven and on earth. They have often been called his messengers. And they can be very inconspicuous. Many of us have entertained angels unaware. My mom used to hate it because my dad would pick up every hitchhiker with four kids in the car. And my mom's like, Herb, what are you doing? He said, it could be an angel. She's like, I don't think so. This guy, and angels don't look like this guy. But, my friends, this is where it all comes together, and it comes together in us, is that these heavenly beings knew what was going on, that the king of the universe, who had made all things had designed all things, had purposes for humanity, even though it was in humble surroundings, in a manger, a horse stall, because there was no room in the inn. And probably they didn't have much money anyway. They were there to give testimony to the greatness of this human event. The greatness of this human event. The last couple of years have been tough. Can anyone say amen to that? Amen. It's been tough. This year, it kind of feels more like Christmas than it did last year. Amen? But what concerns me is that there is a great level of fear that abounds in the hearts of humanity today. Fear takes up so much 
emotional and mental territory in the person that is gripped with it. Fear holds on. Fear fogs everything. Fear puts a damper on even joy. And he came so that human beings could be led into a different way and not ruled by fear. One of the unique aspects of fear is that it is so easy to rule, rule other people with the presence of fear. Something bad's going to happen to you. Something terrible is going to happen to you. You might get killed. You might get hurt. Who knows what will happen? You need to do this. You need to do that. And we become filled with fear. Let me just say something. It's Christmas Eve. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Today has enough trouble of its own. But I enjure you, my friends, to take the moment that we've been given. And that is this moment that we've settled everything down. All of the shopping is done. Now it's just time to spend in fellowship with one another. Let all of those fears be put aside purposely so that you can enjoy what God has given to you. His name would be called Emmanuel. God no longer separated, but God with us. With us. How many of you would feel safe if you were traveling in a bus and you knew that God was sitting in the front seat? I'm going to take a nap. I don't care about this crazy driver. I'm not worried about it. Well, we have icy roads. I'm really not worried about it. It's a great moment where we call him Prince of Peace because he comes to be with us in your family, in your home tonight to give you rest, to give you peace, to let you experience a big sigh. This is the time when all of everything else stops and we remember him with us, for us, for each other. That's what God has come to do. That's what Jesus has done. And that's what Jesus will do for you. That's why we sing these songs this time of year. That's why we give presents to one another. The wise men came and they gave presents of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Presents that were fit for a king. And so we celebrate and we give to one another. And we have joy in those relationships. My prayer for all of us is that like the term Merry Christmas, you and I would be a blessing to one another, a blessing to God, and a blessing to ourselves. You know, Christmas is one of the saddest times of the year because many folks are reminded of, of the people that they don't have in their life. They're reminded of the things that they don't have. 
I had a good friend of mine who is a pastor. And I called him up this week and I said, hey, man, how are you doing? Are you going to have a Christmas Eve service? He said, no. I said, what? What's going on? I, I don't know. I don't like Christmas. Well, you know that the word Christmas has Christ right in the beginning. And you're a pastor. He goes, I know. I love Jesus. And I want to celebrate him. But I can just tell you as a kid, I was so poor that Christmas has nothing but bad memories for me. Even as an adult, even as someone who follows Christ, those scars can be there. But let me tell you, my friends, Jesus wants to give you himself as a gift to let you know that things are going to be all right. And though it may be hurried, it may be a tough time of year for you, you may have tons of bad memories, but he says, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm one of you. And he told his disciples, I'll never leave you or forsake you, even to the end of the world. We've come to realize, haven't we, that it's pretty hard to predict the future, right? There's a lot of uncertainty as we face this coming year, right? From the economy to... We have Omicron. Eventually, I guess we'll go through the whole Greek alphabet. I mean, it was just a few weeks ago. There's a couple of people in Africa, and now it seems like everybody has it. But he says, I'm with you, okay? So don't fear. Don't freak out. Don't panic. But lean on me and trust in me. Because I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. That's good news, isn't it? That's really good news. And that's why we celebrate, and that's why we go around obnoxiously saying, Merry Christmas. It's going to be okay. Merry Christmas. God is with us, and he's with you. And if you say, you know, Dave, I came tonight with friends and I'm not a real religious person, good. You don't need to be. You just happen to, you just need to be a person that needs God. Jesus is so ready to help just people who need God. Nothing special, no big Bible thumpers, nothing. Just, I, I need, I need strength. I'm fearful. Jesus is there, and all you have to do is call upon his name. In the quietness of your home tonight, as you're there in your house, you can just kneel down and say, Lord Jesus, I need you this Christmas. My family needs you this Christmas. Would you come and be with us in our home? Would you come into my life? And he said, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's all it is. It's there for the asking. We said that sounds too easy. Well, then do it. 
Would you feel better if you could pay $50 for it? Maybe $100? I mean, if you wanted to give me $100 after the service, you can, if that makes you feel better. Because I want people to feel better. But it, it doesn't do anything for you spiritually. He made it free so that everybody, everybody who just asks can have it. That is the real Christmas story. And his story is being written in individuals' lives, in families, and in communities of a life that has changed when Emmanuel, God, came to be with us. I pray you have a great Christmas. We're going <clears> to <throat> sing a final song and then you guys can go home. How many of you, by the way, are having tamales or pasoli tonight? That's what I'm talking about. Represent Albuquerque. I just, a good friend of mine, their family is having a Hungarian meal. It sounded interesting, but uh, red chili and some tamales and tortillas, I mean, come on, it's the best. Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you that you love us, and that's just not some kind of platitude, but in the midst of our own sin, in the midst of our own stupidity, in times of fear and lack of faith, in hurry and anger, and whatever the emotion may be that is so destructive, you remain faithful to love people and continually remind us that you are with us. I pray, Lord, that these families represented here, that their hearts would be calmed, that a sense of your spirit would be with them, and that as they sleep tonight, Lord, they would sleep in peace, knowing that things are right between them and God. Lord, we pray for tomorrow that houses all over this city would rejoice as we spend time with each other. May you be in the midst of us and our families. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.